What it do, what it do. It's Tuesday. You already know what it is. This is the girl dynamic diva herself, Diva Danielle in the building. It's a beautiful Tuesday, and you are tuning into the dynamic perspective where we bring community collaboration and make connections. You know how we do it. It's going to be a beautiful conversation with our guest tonight, Mr. James Rounds. He's going to drop some information on a lot of businesses, savvy, strategic planning, and as well as understanding some definitions that you may hear in your pursuit to start your business. But until then, I want you to grab your pen, get your paper, get your tea, and let's get it rocking because your girl is going to bring it to you, baby. You know what it is. It's the dynamic perspective. Well, who else but me? Let's talk about it. Now, you know how I do. I have to start every Tuesday by giving a shout out to Swag Media for keeping your girl current. Y'all, you know what it is. Swag Media in the building. You can definitely check them out weekly. They bring some dynamic shows to you with a great lineup of guests and also jumps off some other, some other opportunities they have going on, too. I have to always thank my sponsors for the shows, Mr. White Transport okay that transport you heard and i gotta also give a shout out to i shot your media concepts for keeping me fresh and current you know i got to stay fly y'all the diva got to be good you know how i do let me tell you about some community things we got going on you guys you know we're coming up on the fourth quarter of 2022 how fast this year has moved and i wanted to give a shout out to all of the nonprofits out here really getting out in the community and taking care of those that are in need and again without you Supporting these nonprofits, we would not be able to do the things that we do. So please consider them when you're out volunteering and when you're donating. Just because you're donating, it is not to get justification or validation. It's supposed to give empowerment and enrichment to the lives of those that need it. You heard me? Give from your heart, not because it looks cute. I got to give it to you real, honey. But let me tell you about some things we got going on. You know, I want to give a shout out to uh, Ms. Cherie Johnson. She is rocking with the cleaning your closet out. So what that is, is they're taking gently used items such as clothing and shoes that are going to be prepared to give out throughout the community. She's running this program now from September, and I believe the last day is October 15th. So do reach out to Giving with the Golden Hand, Ms. Cherie Johnson, and their telephone number is 757 904 0474. Okay, so reach out to them. Gently use items. We all can use some things. Now I want to tell you about another uh, upcoming thing we got going on. Y'all ready for this? For those cigar aficionados, for those that like the lattes and the frappuccinos and all that good stuff, we're going to be bringing y'all some fun in the next couple of weeks. The cigar coffee football event that is going to be hosted by the My Life Matters family, 
as well as the road, the road to Alliance for Suicide Prevention, is having an event on October 2nd at Magoo's Cigar Lounge. So I really want you guys to come out and support these efforts to understand that suicide prevention is something that we need to all embrace because it can affect anyone from any family, any, any demographics, because it does not discriminate. And let's talk about mental health. Let's raise some money for mental health awareness and to understand the importance of why your life matters. So come on out on October 2nd. You can uh, get more information at www.lifemattersmusical.com. There's going to be food. There's going to be cigars. There's going to be a halftime show. Um, come out and network. Bring your business cards and be about something that's going to change the lives of others. So I hope to see you guys at these two community events that I'm talking about because without you, we would be nothing. So before I jump into the guest speaker that's going to be on tonight, I also want to just um, send my my sincerest, who I can't even get that sincerest, um, congratulations to all the Achi Award winners um, and nominees. Um, you know, the Achi Awards is a magazine that's built by Dr. Juanita Fletcher, and she recognizes many nonprofits, businesses, military veterans, and those women that are trailblazers in the community. I want to give my sincerest congratulations to each and every one of you guys, and I hope that you have a tremendous evening the night of your award ceremony. So congratulations to all those individuals as well. And as far as Diva News, I put out the other day that I am looking to start a new project where I'm looking for freelance writers, um, people that are interested in just kind of getting some storyline out, getting some good um, information out for a project that's going to be launching off in 2023. So if you have an interest in this, please reach out to me at my Gmail, which is dynamicdivaba at gmail.com. I am looking for those that are aspiring and those that are looking to inspire with words. So definitely reach out to us. And, you know, I'm going to put my plug in too. I cannot do this without you guys supporting the Dynamic Divas. So any donation that you give to the Dynamic Divas, please cash app to Dynamic Diva. VA, our cash app handle. We would love to receive your donations as we move forward to the holiday seasons where we'll be carrying baskets for many of our families as well as giving our holiday gifts and also reaching out to those families that may need some assistance with um, holiday bills. So please, and all your donations are tax deductible. So please um, definitely uh, send a donation to us. So enough about me and what we got going on in the community, you guys. I want to take this time to do this special announcement for this, this gentleman that's going to be giving us some information. So let me tell you guys, you guys know the diva is hard-headed, right? You know, sometimes you got to tell me things three, four, five, six times, and I have to give it to this gentleman here because he has patience. And he says to me sometimes, I just don't know what in the world is going on with her. See, so you, when you have someone that understands you're crazy, you have to acknowledge them when they give you the education and blessings and lessons that you need for me to be sitting in this position right here today to have this podcast. So please join me and welcome me, not only my good friend, my advisor, um, someone I trust whose opinions wholeheartedly has I moved my business um, and who's helped me get the Dynamic Divas going. And we've been here seven years, y'all, rocking seven. Please welcome James Rounds, y'all. <laughs> 
So what's good with you, sir? What's good with you? If we can't hear him. Prince, he's talking. We can't hear him. What you do? Well, wait, hold on one second. We have a technical difficulty. Oh, yeah, I was muted. Yeah. You, yo, you muted yourself. Don't be mute yourself, man. See, 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 see y'all see y'all how you do yeah so everything's good uh just getting ready for this fourth quarter's last final push and uh hopefully pushing out some new things and some new money into people's pockets so see did you hear that y'all new money but wait before we start talking about the new money i just want to let y'all know okay um james likes football and what team you think he like y'all i'm just saying y'all come on now work with me y'all because if y'all can tell me what you think James likes, there may be a free gift in there somewhere for you. So in the comment yeah. box, I want you to tell me which football team you think he likes. And we're going to rock from there, y'all. Let's see all who all paying attention for this uh, free raffle. What we got, Prince? What we going to raffle him? We're going to give him something. A t-shirt, a ticket. We're going to think of something. It's going to be something fly. We're going to take care of y'all. You know, get yeah. y'all engaged tonight. So now, James, tell us, first off, what is integrated corporate solution what is that tell us what that is so integrated corporate solutions is my firm that i use to help uh people negotiate the startup process so dealing with for-profit businesses non-profit businesses uh existing businesses and different things like that so helping people get uh, started with an emphasis on sustainability and compliance so making sure the business is built to last and also make sure the business takes care of those steps along the way what what brought you to this platform you know a lot of people jump into business and they go and they do their research online and they think they know it all what brought you to the relationship to say i need to have hands on and helping you develop your vision to an actual plan to a running business i'm pretty good at uh creating plans and help guiding other people through plans so uh i've started several businesses on my own and then I noticed the struggle and there's like over 400,000 businesses that start every year and very few of those actually last past a year. So uh, my expertise is helping actually design those businesses to last, uh, creating them from the ground up and bringing in the different tools that they need um, to be sustainable. So I just have a passion for that uh, teaching and uh, helping people get through, navigate the, the, the maze of starting a business. That, that's a good word, maze, because I know when we first met, I, I first of all, I didn't even know what a 1023 was. I thought it was an address for someone's house, y'all. I didn't know <laughs> what a 1023 form was. I had no idea. So when I tell you that I can speak from personal experience that James has guided me and given me, you know, that structure has also said, hey, wait a minute, come on now, think this through. You know, he's, he's been there as, as, as well as seeing some of the downfalls and my success. So I tell you all this, by getting your pad and your paper and writing some of these things down because these are good um, jewels that he's dropping. Uh, let me ask you a question. You see a whole lot of businesses, you see some of the challenges. What are the top five challenges that businesses have when they wanna start up? Top five challenges. One is uh, a lot of times funding. People go into business and they're underfunded, meaning they don't have the money to actually last uh, for a while. So lack of funds and a lot of that is because people are trying to fund the business out of their pocket going after an idea but you got to have that money to build that runway before your business actually takes off so that's number one um number two a lot of times is uh lack of time you see a lot of people go into business and uh still work a job or trying to do it part-time 
And you really got to be committed, you know, to doing it. And it takes some time before things actually start to pick up, scale up. So um, that's another big challenge. Um, another one might be employees are finding help. You know, instead of uh, going on your own, sometimes it's best to go with somebody, or partner with somebody, or work in a business with somebody for a while before you go out on your own. And so that's uh, becomes a problem, and that's the reason why a lot of people fail. They don't have the talent, the skills to do everything in their business. So it's a lot of times better off to start off doing one thing and hire people, bring in other people or services to, to perform the other functions. Um, another one that could be uh, balancing the growth. Sometimes businesses take off too fast and you see them crash. I've seen a lot of people get their products, go from selling online to selling to Walmart and they go out of business because the Walmart demands certain things of them in terms of capital investment, um, distribution channels, and things like that. So sometimes growing too fast can actually uh, hurt you. Um, another one is lack of branding and advertising uh, and web presence. So um, you got to be on the web. You got to be where people can find you, you know, and, and you got to know how to find people that want to do business with you. Um, so finding your your um, target customer, your avatar and knowing how to reach them uh, repeatedly. Um, so those are some of the biggest challenges I've, I've gone through. Well, you touched on a lot of different subjects, because <laughs> I think when you um, start a business, it's scary because, you know, you go to these big conferences and they're throwing all these terminologies at you and you're sitting there like, I just want to take this one idea and do this, you know, so being able to break that down and letting them also know that you're going to have these fears because of these following things. And I think that's what gives that personal touch um, that you give them. But you touched on online and, you know, now with technology and everything being at your fingertips in a matter of seconds, having a business online, what is the most critical part of the advertising that you should have to have this business online? Well, a lot of times people think they need a website. Um, and so they go out to build a website and whether it's either using one that's a cheap site or not having the right information on the site is a, is a, is a barrier for some people. And also knowing that the day you put that website out is not the day everybody sees it. It takes a lot of time. Mm -hmm. You need to do SEO and, and other types of things to pump your website through the Internet. The, the Internet is global. So it takes a lot of time to go from Little Rock, Arkansas to all over the world. Um, and it takes some pressure that you need to put on that site to do that. So uh, being found on the website is hard. An uh, easier way, and what I tell people a lot of times, is build a Facebook page mm -hmm. and get some followers. It's free. The platform is free. And you, if you have a business page, you can reach all of your followers at one push of a button versus your personal page. On your personal page with Facebook, if you post something, only 5% of your people actually see it. Okay, and then those people have to interact with it, so they have to comment, post, or share, or like before it goes to more of your own audience. You know what I mean? So you really have to have that engagement, and that's what uh, Facebook has built. The platform has changed, uh, but that's what they built it for. But once you get that engagement, then it goes to some of your friends and your friends' friends and things like that. So, right. um, so the internet or the social media is a kind of easier platform. I switch a lot of my stuff over to Instagram. Instagram is a little more business friendly, business savvy. Facebook's a little more social. You know, people don't have to uh, necessarily engage. They can see your stuff all day. Uh, but Instagram kind of works better for me in my platform. 
Okay. Now, what about LinkedIn? You know, I see a lot of uh, business professionals now joining into the LinkedIn professional branding. Does that work well for wanting to get your business out and exposed? Yeah, LinkedIn works very well for professionals. Like it used to be very uh, centered around like resume building and, and looking for a job and things like that. Um, now there's other tools that have come to play. It's uh, but it's a more professional, serious network of people. But you still have to do some work in connecting with people, commenting and letting people know that you exist. Uh, the good thing about it, you can share stories and you can share articles and things about things that you're interested in or things that your business might cover, uh, which will reach more people now, too. So there are tools there on LinkedIn to help you. But it still takes some footwork. You know, nothing's automatic. Nothing's going to grow all by itself. That is true. That is true. So print media. We, we don't see too many newspapers out like we did back in the day. I mean, coupons are very, very scarce at that. Is print media worth investing in when you want to start getting your business out? It depends on where you are. I mean, if you're in a rural area, print media may go further than actual uh, online or social because the people don't have that you know access to those those platforms. But print media is effective for like one day events or last minute reminders, things like that. Uh, but again, there's not a lot of response. We're still talking about 5% of people actually read it and 3% of those five people might actually do something with that information. So the, the return is very low. But if you're doing a local event or something like that and you've got a street team to take it out and the event's like within 48 hours, mm -hmm. uh, that might work. Because you got to remember, we have so much information in this day and age being given to us that we see that it's hard to remember things. And and sometimes it's hard for people to even prioritize stuff. Because at one time we have the we have a nuclear war, we have a we have a recession, we have all these interest rates rising, we have all this trouble, things going on. And then you tell me about a fundraiser. You know, what right. I mean, it's like people don't have that sense of how to prioritize and balance out stuff because all this stuff is being inundated to you constantly. You know, and, and like a lot of us right there at your hip, your phone. Yeah, social huh? overload is what I call it. Social overload. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Information overload, social overload, yeah. So now we have a question that just popped up. It says here, should a nonprofit organization market and advertise like a professional business? Um, It depends. So depending on your goal, so definitely you got to have a goal. And so one thing that we didn't talk about is having a business plan. So uh a business should have a business plan because that explains all the different tenants of your business and how you need to engage and interact and create those things. Um, a, a, a nonprofit the same way. So usually when I'm operating a nonprofit, I, I advertise based on my programs okay. and my programs are not running all year. So getting people engaged, um, you definitely have to market and create that awareness um, on your website. You have a spot for like if you need board of directors. Uh, what that looks like what the qualifications are like um so yeah there's uh definitely a need for it but you got to have a focus and a goal and it's going to be different it's going to be different um another question just popped up from prince what is the difference between a private and public nonprofit? and this has popped up quite a bit in understanding <laughs> your determination as you move forward we're trying to get uh, grant funding okay so we have basically two different uh sectors i guess of the nonprofit in that industry uh one is private and the other like you said it's called public benefit so it's things that benefit the public 
A private foundation is a little more restrictive in how you actually generate interest in it. So what separates the two, a lot of times when you're doing that application, the 1023 that you mentioned, one of the questions that it asks you is how do you get money or where does your money come from? Okay. And if you're uh, 30% from the public, from donations, and then you have other sources like grants and endowments and stuff like that, then it will qualify you for not for public benefit. If all of your money comes from one source or less than two or three sources, then you're more likely going to be qualified as a private benefit, a private uh, organization. Okay, so one is a source of funds, uh, which makes a difference. The other thing is that um, when you're again, when you're doing a 1023, they ask you to have at least three or four board members. Mm -hmm. And then they ask you if are any of those board members related. Okay, if you have three, the cutoff is usually around 40 to 60 percent in terms of people that can be related on your board. So if you have three people and two of them are related, husband and wife, that's 66 percent. So you potentially can be a private or classified as private, okay? Because you do have to disclose those relations. Um, but on a private uh, nonprofit, you, a private foundation is called, all of the board members can actually be family members or they can be close friends, okay? And then that money that they get usually comes from one or two people. So like an endowment uh, or a private fund like, like Bill and Melinda Gates. So they're using their own money to do this world work, okay? And their family is on the board. Don't build them lender was the chief of those boards. And they can bring in their friends and different people like that without any kind of background or anything like that in the field. Okay, so that's a private foundation. On a public benefit, you have to have a diversified board. So you have to have people that are not related, but also people from different industries. And that's something that's going to help you grow uh, because you can tap into their expertise. And then also understand that the board is legally responsible for like the uh, uh, CEO or the executive director. OK, so they're the ones who have that accountability uh, towards the for the organization running and being sustainable and stuff like that. Okay. Does that help? Yeah, that's the, I mean, I think that explains it very well so people understand the difference and why it's very important that your designation is correct when you do your 1023 because you find yourself being disqualified for many many grants if you're not you know qualified the right way yeah only application yeah so um, a lot of times when people use the word foundation in their name then sometimes they will uh misqualify you just because you use that name mm -hmm. so you really gotta do some explaining but the basic thing is is where's your money coming from if you're using your own money, then you can say it's private. If you're going to be getting money depending on the public to give you money, then it's public. That's public. And the other thing, too, is that uh, you can donate money to a private foundation, but it's not tax uh, exempt. You know what I mean? It's not a write-off like it would be for a public organization. Right. It's not the same. So to, be, to benefit your donors and to get more donors, you definitely want to be public, public benefit. Sure. Um, so, and as we move forward from that question, so can a nonprofit have a for-profit entity attached to them? Um, yeah. So what's like an example? What are you trying to accomplish? So say you, you have a nonprofit, but then you also <coughs> have a business that help funds your nonprofit, um, a, bake, a baking company or something like that. Can you do things like that? 
Yeah, um, I wouldn't say fun, but maybe they do consulting or some kind of work in terms of delivering a service or operating a program. Okay. So I do a lot of nonprofits building from the ground up. So I tell people, you know, a lot of times these grants, you won't get money for salaries. Right. Okay. But that money is to be used to actually facilitate the program. So in order to have you be a part of that, get paid, I always suggest that people create a for-profit as a consulting arm. And then that for-profit contracts with the nonprofit to perform certain services. So it could be consulting, it could be finding grants, it could be developing programs. You can license those programs under the for-profit and the for-profit can license them back or sell them to the nonprofit, you know, to generate income and things like that. And that income can go back to you for part of your salary. So always tell people or, or advise them to have those two things linked together. Uh, you don't necessarily want to talk about ownership because everything that the nonprofit owns, you can't sell. Right. Okay. Without going through a court. So that's why most of our churches in America, the property doesn't belong to the church. It belongs to a separate holding company or LLC. And then they have like a 99 year lease with the actual church, the entity. Okay. okay. Because that church, the nonprofit can't sell the property without it going through the court because the properties as anything that belongs to that nonprofit belongs to the public. Wow, that is Understand? So, so there's no ownership as a director or a board member. You don't own anything. You're just entrusted with stuff. Okay. So the public at any time has a right to actually come in and ask to see your books and ask to see the records and property lists and different things like that. So it's open and it's technically owned and controlled by the public. That's really good to know. I think the education that a lot of people have received, they give you just a little bit to pull you in so that you can start your paperwork, but does not give you the complete understanding because then you find yourself end up legally because you haven't done something correctly or you were misguided in the information that you received. So Sometimes when, it leads you, when you talk about educating businesses from the startup, um, what do you take from the, per when you sit down with the person, what is it that you need from the person to see if the business is viable and if your services is going to match the business? Well, I don't work with people unless they're passionate about the business or, or actually passionate about delivering a particular service. Okay. So passion comes before profits when I'm working with people to start a business. If I sit down with somebody and all they can tell me about is how much money they're going to make and, you know, all this sort of stuff without, mentioning impact or they're driven to do it, then they might have to find a new advisor. Because when the days get hard and stuff like that, only your passion is going to get you out of bed. You know, when you don't have any money that you got to go to work and you got to, you know, pull these contracts through, it's not the amount of money on the other end that's going to make you go to work. Okay. And so those people are actually go looking for another job and quit on you before, you know, you quit on them. So, um, so for me, it's passion and dedication to that vision, you know, understanding what their vision is and if they're there and they've got the proper support behind them to maintain that. Mm -hmm. And then I'll actually, you know, get engaged with them because they'll give up on the business. They'll definitely give up on me. So, okay. <laughs> hey, I mean, and it makes sense because if you're not passionate, then what's the purpose of even moving forward? So that, that, that totally makes sense. But you have a yeah. lot of people that assume when they have a nonprofit that they're they're going to make a lot of money and you know and, and change the world and I, I you know although 
those concepts are okay, but they seem very unrealistic when you haven't had a 10 year stretch or 20 year stretch and being successful in the nonprofit and you start trying to figure out um, what skills do I need to have to make me move forward? What qualifications do I need to have to make me better? So what would be some of the qualifications that an entrepreneur, whether it be a for-profit or nonprofit needs to be out trying to get their business to grow? Um, I guess it needs assessment. So addressing the need of your particular market uh, and finding out if you have a solution to actually solve a problem. Remember, all businesses are created to solve a problem for the consumer, the customer, or whatever you want to call it. And so when you stop solving that problem is when your business starts to go down. And so these businesses are created for that. Nonprofit is a sector, is a section of the tax code that was created by Congress and allows uh, private individuals and groups and organizations to actually take care of people that are less fortunate or disadvantaged or some, so something to that effect. Okay. When it first started back in the fifties and so nonprofits were only allowed to be uh, created by billionaires. Okay. So the Carnegie's and Mellon's different people like that. It wasn't allowed for everyday people until the sixties and the civil rights movement. Okay. So at that time it opened up to where everyday people can get involved. Okay? okay. Because there were a lot of other things going on that needed that particular movement that wasn't necessarily based on money, okay? It's based on, you know, mobilizing people and, and getting people like mine together to take care of a need in society. Um, so yeah, people do see uh, nonprofits that are making a lot of money, but they're also making a lot of impact. So the return on investment is not always dollars. A lot of times it's impact and what difference you are making in the community, um, in the state or in the region or in the world, okay? So it's measured differently. Yes, there are some that make millions of dollars, billions of dollars. Uh, right now, I'm on Firefox Mozilla browser, and that browser is an actual nonprofit. Okay, and they make about eight billion dollars a year. Um, the NFL used to be a nonprofit. Okay, and the last year that they were nonprofit, they made ten billion dollars a year. IKEA, you know, IKEA, the furniture maker. Yeah, they're a nonprofit. Um, right now. So they sell furniture and do a lot of things. They also have like a culinary school and stuff like that. If you go in there, the prices are cheap, but also they provide meals for seniors and different things like that, even while you're shopping. So the food is dirt cheap. So it's a great place to stop and help a cause. Help, help a cause, right. Yeah. So now if you wanted to do some research about a model that a particular nonprofit used, where would you start that legwork? So looking for a business model? Yeah. Because, you know, you have the ones that you can download online. You see, you get those ones. Oh, download a business oh. model or, or uh, <laughs> buy this book. You know, I think Facebook, always, I think I swear Facebook be listening to you because you say business model, then all you get all these different things for, you know, business yeah. model. But where can you find a, a credible reference to start your journey? Um, I mean, you have to look at existing businesses, you know, uh, because when you start talking about getting paid and different things like that, mm -hmm. um, the law says that if you're going to give yourself a salary, you have to give your salary based on another organization of your size and, you know, particular impact. And then what that CEO is getting paid. So you just can't say I'm making 60 grand 
and your organization only bringing in 50 or 60. You know what I mean? So you have to compare and actually have a justification. So that's where your finance committee comes in. You know, you don't decide your salary, the committee decides your salary. But um, so you want to look at existing organizations comparatively. So remember the saying, there's nothing new under the sun. So whatever you think about doing has already been done, whether it's in your state, in your neighborhood or across the country. So one place I use is GuideStar. So G-U-I-D-E-S-T-A-R, GuideStar.org. Uh, and it's a uh, repository of all of the organizations in the world. Okay. So it's where you can search for any organization in the world. Actually, if you want to see if they have money or if they don't have money, sometimes you see tax records and things on there. Um, you'll see all their social media, their tax filings and things like that. And sometimes their tax filings will show you the programs and grants that they made in the past. So GuideStar is a great uh, um, resource for looking at other organizations and getting some ideas about what you should be doing and how you should be structured and stuff like that. Um, also in the library, uh, if you got a library card and you go to, if your library is big enough, you can actually log online and uh, do some pro research on nonprofits as well. For all you guys that are probably somewhere in my age range, you could still get a library card. They're very viable <laughs> and they're very much ready. And it's a good way to get reacclimated to a lot of the changes that are in the libraries. And some of the resources are right there at your fingertips. So I would highly recommend um, going to the library before just using what you find on the internet. Because in our in our library, in particular, like here at Carnegie in, in Pittsburgh, we have a uh, a nonprofit section, and there's a nonprofit expert, like a librarian, that knows all the references and resources and databases. And so they can actually show you where to go, show you how to get lists, show you who the biggest grant funders are in our community, um, things like that. And they just do it every day. You know what I mean? So a lot of times there are people that are there to actually train to help you. You know what I mean? If you know what you're looking for or what you need, they can point you the right way. But every major library has a nonprofit section in the library. And some of those sections actually teach classes or do seminars and stuff like that too. So it's a great resource. That is really good to know. So speaking of now programs, um, tell us about the LA Cohort program. I know that's like your baby. You really put a lot of energies into this and you have grown it and people, I've seen so many different businesses, individuals really becoming a part of this. So tell us about this and, and, and how is this helping shape you know, I guess industry of new businesses. Okay, so the um, the LA cohort it's a it's a nonprofit cohort. So what happened for me is um, I live in Pittsburgh, and I got three people called me to start a nonprofit like within a week or so. And so, but they were all in LA, and one was like just outside of LA, like San Diego. And so, just the idea came to me: if I can do all three of you at one time, um, that would be great rather than me traveling back and forth to LA to work with you guys individually because all the people I actually work with I work with them personally whether they're in Massachusetts Maine or Minnesota or wherever I actually go and meet them and talk to them and walk them through their ideas so um, so it just came to me I, I had a space that I used to use before a co-working space and I said I'll meet you guys all at the space and uh, so what it is is a group of people usually 10 people that get together as like peers and we actually go through the whole process of starting and building their, their nonprofit. So the cohort lasts for four months. 
and I actually fly to LA every month. And so on that Saturday, we have on Fridays we do one on one meetings. So I meet with every organization in the uh, in the cohort for about an hour, two hours. And then on Saturday, we meet about nine o'clock and we work until one o'clock or two o'clock. So it's actually a working cohort. So when we come there, we're actually developing programs, um, writing grants, researching grants, creating programs, you know, from the ground up flyers for those programs. So it's comprehensive development program. And so I've done it twice in the LA, two different cohorts. And I've just finished one here in Pittsburgh. And I'm looking at one in Dallas and Denver next. Okay, so we have to add Virginia to that as well. So you know, we'll we'll talk about that. We're going to add yeah. Virginia as well too. So, yeah. So again, this this is full full circle because you not only give them the the education, but you also give them the motivation for them to do a lot of the lead work themselves. So when you have that initial conversation. They understand that their passion can be purposely driven if the paperwork yeah. is done correctly. And, and another thing, another complete plan. Right. And another thing to mention is that the uh, it's 24 hour support. So every cohort has a private Facebook group. And so people can talk to their peers about what's going on. But also myself and a grant writer and a, and a tax consultant, we post information in there as well. So my L.A. Cons, uh, cohort. The page is full of grants and opportunities for LA. And so I tell them if they start the if they start the application, I'll finish it. You know what I mean? But by the time we finish the cohort in that four months, they should all be grant ready and actually able to write a grant. So we do grant training, compliance training, board training, board development training, um, all that kind of stuff. So that's what we do live and in person. That I'm, I'm, I'm speechless. I hope everyone that's um, listening tonight has uh, definitely wrote down some of the jewels that have been dropped because you want to ensure that your nonprofit or your business is set up right from the onset and that you're following whatever taxes and legislation that's going on in the particular state and which your business is going to operate. And then lastly, that you have a plan to engage the public to help grow your business. I mean, real talk people, if you don't grow your business, there's no revenue. So then there's no brand recognition or brand awareness. So you're losing out um, on the importance of understanding how your position is and what you need to do strategically to make sure that you have covered every aspect of what makes your business unique. Because as James has said, the business has happened before, but now it's time for you to maybe uh, just enhance it a little bit. Like I said, if you're gonna get some cake, get the ice cream too, and then you're gonna get a two for one out of it. You know, listen to yeah. me when I tell you. Well, speaking, yeah, well, speaking of two for ones, everybody, like say my LA cohort, it's cost four thousand dollars, and that includes all the fees and everything. We develop your logo, and we develop an actual um, trifold brochure, which has all your programs, your website, everything listed in there. By the time they're finished, like that first grant, we'll do a grant for a minimum of $5,000. So about 90% of the people have gotten a minimum grant of $5,000. I just had one in LA, got one for $86,000 uh, just last week. And then we're putting it for another $15,000 uh, right now. So it's just pending. So we've got $100,000 grants in three books. And, and it seems as if the what the fee is just to get started. It pays for itself with the first grant. It's kind. Of, it kind of. Yeah, yeah. Up. You'll get all your money back by the end of the program doing your first grant. But again, all the state fees, 
brochures, your Facebook page is set up, your website is set up. You have brochures, you have cards, you have postcard, everything you need to walk out the door. And if you're fast and so you can get that stuff done fast, you can come back. So I've got people that you allow three people in the cohort. So you can bring yourself, your treasurer, secretary. Okay. So three people can come and that's your team. And I work on building your team, building your organization, and showing you how to go out and get your board and stuff like that. So um, so it's definitely worth it. Um, you'll learn how to write your grant, your first grant, and uh, how to get yourself out there. And the main thing for me is creating an event. So showing how to people how to create events to actually mm -hmm. promote themselves, uh, bring in funders, bring in sponsors, things like that. Because if you can do that, find ways to do it over and over again, uh, you know, you can be sustainable. Because most nonprofits, you just create events. That's true. That that is true. And and being able to plan accordingly and know your audience is the biggest thing too with your events as well too. Um, yeah. Right. So now, uh, tell us, besides all this fantastic stuff you do in the travel, um, what is it that you do in your downtime to balance you out? Because this is a lot of work that you do with a lot of different people. So what is it <laughs> that you do in your downtime to balance you out? Um, sometimes I golf. Uh, we only got six months of good weather out here, so you got to golf pretty fast. <laughs> um, I have a boat, so spend time on the river um, here. I read whenever I can, and then uh, I just remodeled this house that I'm in right now, so that's been a big pleasure of mine over the last four months or so. So I find different things, but main thing, you know, building yourself, pouring into yourself, you got to invest in yourself in your downtime. That's a lot of times you'll get if you have to take some time to stay current on literature and different trends in the business and advertising and stuff like that. So uh, some of those things. So if you could leave, I like what I do. So I don't really have any downtime. You don't have any, huh? What you say? You no, don't have any what? I say I like what I do. So it's not really work for me. So it's it's uh, fun. Oh, it's fun. Okay, yeah. okay. See, well, yeah. see, that's because you broke the mold with me. So now anybody else after that is fun because I know I was yeah. a headache. I ain't even gonna lie. I know I was a headache. Don't be laughing. I see you. Y'all see him laughing out there Facebook. I was a headache. I ain't even gonna lie. Um, so let me ask you this. You, you, you probably dealt with so many different organizations and, and different ideas and, and, and different concepts. What would be the five concrete skills that a person needs to have to leave your program and continue to be successful? Five skills. Um, number one is like leadership. So if you're in a nonprofit sector, you realize really quickly that you can't do everything. So you have to bring in people. You have to build a team. Um, to help you accomplish your goal. Your job is to provide the mission and provide the direction sometimes, but you can't do everything. So leadership skills are very important. Uh, communication is very important. Um, and you have to be able to look at yourself and understand that your habits that you have personally are going to come through your business. You know what I mean? Yeah, so you can't great, separate man. yourselves from your business. So if you're stingy, <laughs> you know, you're going to be tight. You should be spending money and different things like that. So you got to do some self-assessment, have empathy, know your weakness and strengths, you know, and try to operate from a, from a perspective of strength and then hire your weaknesses. You know what I mean? So if you're not good at something, delegate it, allocate it to somebody else that's good at it, okay, and still get the thing done. Uh, someone once said you can achieve anything you want in this world as long as you don't mind sharing the credit. Right. And so 
it doesn't matter who gets credit it's that you get stuff done that you get it done that you, you know what i mean so, so so yeah leadership um analyzing yourself um financial literacy has come up a lot lately so understanding when you do get money what to do with the money you know um some of us had a lot of bad habits and we don't understand our personality when it comes to financial personality whether we are a giver or a, a pro provider a spontaneous shopper or something else or a builder and we need to know what that is because that again is going to bleed into your business and you got to be ready for the best uh, when we had COVID and everything was shut down you know the one thing we did if we didn't do anything was we learned how to pivot and do something else mm -hmm. so a whole plethora of uh side hustles was generated during yes. during that yes. time people got into driving uber and delivering food and different things like that almost instantly you know what i mean so without a without a plan or anything or any kind of skill so you gotta be willing to pivot if things aren't going your way for instance my my organization i'd have a health and wellness organization and we managed that through the gym so on uh what is it, march 13th everything closed in our city that had groups of people coming to it, bars, all of that sort of stuff, even public buildings. And so we didn't do anything for a week or two, but sit on our hands. And then I realized that a lot of people were dying, like African-American people were dying, particularly seniors. And so I sat down and wrote a program for uh, to do vaccination clinics inside a senior home. Okay. So I created a program. I shopped it to some insurance companies and a couple of hospitals and ended up getting a grant to do that. And I did uh, like 32 clinics. Okay, probably in about eight or 10 weeks. And after a while, I got burned out. I got tired of seeing sick people and people die. I quit, actually. Mm -hmm. But the program's still going on today because I had leaders. I had people in it that knew and understood the mission and they can keep it going. So every now and then I might go do some outreach or I'll show up at some of the clinics and just, you know, uh, advise people and different things like that. But the program still won't. And, and we've actually made over $400,000. You know, we've gotten in grant funding and left $120,000 in the bank. Wow. Just on that one idea, just being able to pivot and still do stuff that's relevant. And, and help and help those that are in need. That, yeah, definitely help those in need. Yeah, and people want to do that. The government wants to do that. So you're taking on some responsibility that other people couldn't do, you know, uh, take on. So uh, it helped out a lot, helped the community. And in the beginning, I don't know if you know it, people don't trust people in white lab coats. You know what I mean? <laughs> white folks walking in the building say, I'm going to give you a shot. You know, a lot of people had that uh, anxiety and we look, remember the Tuskegee experiment and stuff like that. So it took a lot to build trust. So I put together a team of black nurses, black pharmacists, and some other black consultants and therapists to go into these places. No white people on the team, but they got the vaccination from people that looked like them, did like Which that, and lived in their community. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's, I commend you for that. That's absolutely incredible. I mean, I, I'm, I'm speechless. Uh, and, and questions are coming in now. Um, I, we have a question here. Can someone change from a public nonprofit to a private foundation? Yeah, or or someone change from public, yeah. yeah. So um, yeah, the change is possible. It's a, a, a reclassification form that you get from IRS, okay? So you can Google it, uh, nonprofit reclassification form, um, fill it out why you want to change, what the specifics are, 
again, remember, if you're going from public, it means you, you're getting grants and you're getting money from private people, okay? If you're going to private, it means you already got a source lined up for money. So you're not going to be able to get grants anymore. And you're not going to get a lot of money from people that need that tax benefit. Right. They don't get the same benefit. Um, so, yeah, you'll do that reclassification form to IRS. And then you'll pay about $500, $480 or something like that, which is a processing fee for that form. Okay. okay. And that takes about 30 to 60 days. And they'll actually send you a new letter telling you that it's now a private foundation. Or if you were private and trying to get public, they'll send you a letter for that. Okay. Okay. Well, I, I'm I'm flabbergasted. This has been one of the most educational um, segments that I've had because I wanted to address a lot of the questions that people have had in reference to nonprofits and to starting new businesses. And you're right. Ever since um, the you know onset of the pandemic. Um, you know, people were jumping in and doing online stores and, you know, DoorDash and you know, like all these different things, which have become viable income for them, you know, and now we're starting to get back into actually going out and being and patronizing different stores. And I'm sure online is going to, you know, maybe have an increase or decrease depending on, you know, where you are. Um, but one thing I definitely want the people to know is how can they find you? You know, if they're interested in learning more about your 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 office and getting in touch with you and enrolling in the LA cohorts, like what? How do they find Mr. Rounds and get his expertise? Um, you can call me directly or text me. Um, my number is four one two two nine one zero two five seven, or um, my website is jamesrounds.com. So. Um, jamesrounds.com on Instagram is James for the number four ICS James the at sign James number four ICS and then there's integrate in, integrated corporate solutions on Facebook so um, yeah reach out to me uh, you'll find some free information on there um, I have a blog called the startup toolbox as well um, which has a lot hundreds of articles about the startup process and uh, different information that you use to build your business is all free. Wow. that uh, Let me tell you, because, you know, our time is, you know, going to be soon coming up. So I wanted to just personally thank you for just being, you know, just keeping me straight, you know, keeping me honest, keeping me focused, <laughs> keeping me driven. And, you know, and when I need a swift kick in the butt to get up and get and do some things, you were that person. Yeah. So I really, really, really appreciate um, that. Okay. Um, so there's a question up well, there. Well, I got a Mark. question came up. So I have here from Mark Sanders, would a nonprofit still be considered on uh, an, an LLC? Yeah, so nonprofits are, are corporations. So you have to actually incorporate a C corporation and then you are going to uh, apply to the IRS to get that corporation recognized as a nonprofit by the IRS. Okay. But all nonprofits start out in the state as a corporation. It is possible to turn the LLC into a corporation. A little bit harder because you have to have a little more a little more information in your bylaws or operating agreement but that's up to the irs to determine if you have all that information but it's easier just to use the c corporation because they use bylaws instead of an operating agreement that a, a llc would have and then the tax treatment is a little bit different so but you'd have to get the irs permission first 
Okay. So, so it's easier to do the C corporation. To the C corp out the way. Now, you know, I noticed we only got one answer to, you know, who your favorite um, football team is, and that's the Washington Commanders. I ain't going to say nothing. <laughs> they said the Washington Commanders, okay? Well, you know, we're going to give Washington their props, you know, they're the Commanders yeah. now. But, you know, James, who is your favorite football team? I like Miami. I like the Miami Dolphins, actually. Since now, I was a someone kid. who lives in Pittsburgh, people, I just want yeah. to just put it out there, okay? This yeah, is a since Pittsburgh I was a kid. man who likes the Miami Dolphins. I'm yeah. just saying, can we talk to him about it, okay? So we're going <laughs> to watch and see what Miami does this season, okay? And I'm going to have yeah. a recap when Miami's playing the Steelers, and we're going to talk about it again. Yeah, on we'll, get on it, we'll get on this show again. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but again, you guys, I want to thank our guest, James Rounds, for being on the show tonight. I hope you learned some things about getting your business started and understanding some of the challenges and the skills necessary to make you successful. Um, I will definitely make sure all the information is put up where you can find him and um, learn more about his business and even um, take some courses that may be um, necessary for you to grow. You know, yeah, but, you, um, James, thank they, you so much. All right, and if they're interested, like I said, they can uh, email me or text me, and we could do a free thirty-minute session on. Look at it; he's giving a free thirty-minute session, y'all. Did you hear that? Yeah, discovery free session. Just minutes. answer some of the questions you need to answer before you get started. Okay, free thirty minutes. So to, uh, to make it even better, to get these free thirty minutes, you better hit me in the chat box so I can make sure James knows who he's talking to. You want the free thirty minutes? You got it until tomorrow at seven p.m to tell me you want the free 30 minutes because you watched this particular episode. So again, yes. thank you to James Rounds from Integrated Corporate Solutions. Yay! Thank all you, right. thank you, thank you. I'll see I you guys on a second. all of the people that put comments in tonight. Again, you know, I want to thank um, my sponsors. Of course, you know, Marcus George from Allstate. You know, you need that insurance. You need to holler at Marcus George. Um, I want to thank uh, I Shot You Media Concepts, uh, Mr. White Transport, again, Sweat media for holding me down and keeping a dynamic perspective fresh and bringing you the connection collaboration so that we can communicate um, tune in next week because I'm telling you next week we're gonna have some things coming down the pipeline too but as I always end the end of the segment well, first let's give blessings and lessons to all that we received today um, we want to give thanks to all those families out there we want to definitely send a special prayer out to the families of Puerto Rico and the Dominican Republic who have been uh, faced with the hurricane Let's not forget it's National Hispanic Heritage Month. Let's definitely go out there and celebrate the accomplishments and the gifts and blessings that have been bestowed to us from our Hispanic families and friends and historians. Um, please, again, I cannot do this show without you guys supporting us, so please donate to the Dynamic Divas um, via our Cash App because your donation helps us going and it also helps us continue to be out there in the community reach out for those events that we have coming up in the next couple of weeks giving with the golden hand with the cleaning of the closet i believe the last day to you to get all these gently used things shoes clothing um to miss sheree johnson is october 15th you can reach her at 757-907 0474. Coming up soon is Cigar, Coffee, and Football on the 2nd of October. It's from 12 p.m. to 5 p.m. It's going to be hosted at Magoo's Cigar Lounge. If you're looking for additional information, 
please contact www.lifemattersmusical.com. There will be food. There will be a halftime show. There will be cigars, conversation, and networking. Please bring your business cards and come out and join this event where we're talking about suicide prevention and mental health in our communities. You know who I am. I'm Diva Danielle in the place to be. It's been another beautiful Tuesday. I am so happy that you are here with me this Tuesday night. I look forward to seeing you guys next Tuesday. Until then, be blessed. And I'm out. You know what it is. Do what you do, baby.